the continued agenda, which is Palace Shop South LLC for a special exception to permit an alternative signage package within the Palace Shops and Palace Station. Lenny, can you give us a roll call? Uh, oh, hey, first, please. you want to start with that? Yeah, I'm <laughs> kind of new at this, but I think we should. <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, a note for the record, Mr. Hales, Ms. Austin are absent. Mr. Halchins? Here. Mr. Murphy? Here. Ms. Shelton? Here. Dr. Newman? Here. And note, Mr. Fraley is absent. All right, and then we'll move to the items that are going to be uh, continued and withdrawn. The item, as I noted, number four from the continued agenda by Palace Shops is to be continued until the March 23rd public hearing. And item number two from the continued agenda, Richard J. Serpent, for a change of zoning from HCG2 historic, again, historic and cultural conservation district to conditional HCG3, again, historic and cultural conservation district at 631 will be withdrawn. So the motion before you is to continue the noted item and accept the withdrawals. The noted item will be continued to the public hearing on Thursday, March 23rd at um, 2.30 p.m. City Council Chambers, 11th floor, City Hall Building, Norfolk, Virginia. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton? Yes. Dr. Newman? Aye. All right. Now we will move to the continued agenda with item number one, City Planning Commission for a text amendment to section 11-27, Park Place Residential Overlay District of the City Zoning Ordinance in order to clarify the development restriction that prohibits front-loading attached garages. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Your first item on your continued agenda, as Elaine said, is the uh, request, a text amendment request to amend and modify the Park Place Residential Overlay District to uh, reinforce the purpose of the Park Place Residential Overlay by clarifying the development standards within this district, uh, essentially relating to front-loaded garages. In 1999, an overlay district was applied to the Park Place area of the city, which was intended to was intended to provide for a way to protect uh, the existing homes in that neighborhood. The Park Place area is a is a state and national historic district. And the, uh, the, the regulations that were put in place in 1999 as part of an overlay district were in place to uh, make sure that any new construction that was proposed in the Park Place area uh, was in keeping with the same type of development standards that were provided for, that were existing in Park Place. Um, the standards were uh, very bare bones at the time. It relayed only to a specific uh, build-to area where the, front, pro the build front of the building had to be located in. It essentially said that the front setback overriding the existing underlying zoning would be required to be between 12 to 15 feet from the front property line. If you carry that through with the existing zoning requirements, because of the building being required to be pulled that close to the front property line, um, driveways that were located between the physical building and the, and the actual street were not permitted because you could not fit a parking space in that area. And along with that measure, the, because you couldn't fit a driveway that legally met those requirements, um, the uh, you could not put a front-loaded attached garage that was located in that area as well. Uh, the setback did require that buildings be located between 12 to 15 feet. Um, from 1999 to the present, there have been uh, numerous uh, new residences constructed uh, by private developers as well as the uh, Redevelopment Housing Authority. Um, unfortunately, as has been reviewed uh, through a uh, inspection by city staff, there have been uh, 
mistakes made as far as the approval of certain new construction homes in this area that did not comply with the existing overlay district that was in place since 1999. Um, a lot of that has to do with the fact that there are multiple uh, staff that review uh, these type of new construction. Also, there was a turnover and also this, the text itself is not very clear in prohibiting certain things. In August, we received a request uh, by the Park Place Civic League uh, to amend the existing overlay district in order to clearly specify that front-loaded attached garages are not permitted within the Park Place Residential Overlay District. Um, since uh, August, we've had uh, multiple meetings and discussions with not only uh, uh, the Civic League, uh, Healthy Neighborhood Enterprises, which is a nonprofit that's working in that area, as well as the VEP group, which deals with code enforcement within that area, to discuss uh, some of the concerns that they have. In January, staff met with the Park Place Civic League to explain uh, what the, what front loaded attached front loaded garage was, um, what a detached front loaded garage was, and to kind of provide some clear uh, uh, information to the Civic League. Um, in February, the Civic League voted to uh, voted to uh, affirm their letter from August, stating that they would like to prohibit front loaded attached garages within the Park Place Residential Overlay District. Uh, once staff received that affirmation uh, from that vote by the Civic League, uh, we wrote uh, new standards that helped clarify the development standards within the Park Place Residential Overlay. Again, the Park Place neighborhood is located within a state and national historic district. The purpose of that district is to make sure, is to assure uh, the, actually the Park Place Residential Overlay District is to assure that new res residential construction is compatible with the existing uh, buildings in that area. Um, as part of the new uh, standards that we provided, we made clear to say that attached garages, as per the direction, uh, attached garages front-loaded uh, to the street where the main door faces are not permitted as a, at the request of the Park Place Civic League. We've also included other development standards to clarify the what was little words were put into the existing overlay district, which included there shall be no driveway between the uh, front of the residence and the front property line, um, essentially saying that for a 50-foot wide lot, the driveway would have to be located to the side of the building going to the back. And clearly uh, spelling out as well uh, the need for front porches and also to um, locate the accessory structures clearly behind the principal building on the lot. Um, after um, reviewing and going over this with the Park Place Civic League, uh, staff does recommend approval of the text amendment as requested. Okay. Thank you. We'll uh, hear from uh, we hear from proponents uh, first. Uh, if we call you up, just give us your name and your mailing address for the record. Uh, uh, Ashley Jones Hurley. Uh, Henley. Henley, yes. Uh, um, I'll, I'll let uh, whoever go prior. I may right. or may not say something towards the end, if that's okay with you. That's fine. Thank you. Um, Therese Patterson. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Tres Patterson. I am the interim executive director for Healthy Neighborhood Enterprises. We are a community development corporation operating in Park Place. Um, back in 2008, the Ms. Patterson, eight, can you just give us your ad mailing address? Oh, too, I, mailing address. Sorry, two nine zero one Granby Street. Okay, thank okay. you. I apologize. Um, back in 2008. Um, there was a really a grassroots movement that began in the Park Place uh, Civic League 
of residents concerned about the neighborhood um, and really concerned about the stagnant market in Park Place. Um, they got together and put a proposal together, actually, um, that they presented to the city of Norfolk, to our city council. Um, and we had overwhelming support from them, especially Teresa Wibley, and at the time, um, Don Hester, um, to put out an RFP for a neighborhood consultant to work with the Civic League to put together a strategy, really a blueprint of improving the market. Um, so not to go into all the details of that, but a part of that process um, included basically polling residents in terms of what do we believe our community assets are um, and what are we willing to do to protect that. Um, a lot of assets were identified, the zoo, Lafayette Park, the new Y on Granby, the, the E3 school, um, but one of the main objectives and main assets that were identified were the historic homes. Um, the turn of the century homes, um, as uh, Bobby Tajan mentioned, um, Park Place is um, listed as a historic district. Um, when I took this position last year, and I've had a long history in Park Place, I drive through the neighborhood once a week, and I've been noticing um, quite a few new homes that really look like they belong in the suburbs. Um, they've got large garages, or the garages are larger than the house itself. Um, because of that, that prompted myself and Mr. Charles Johnson, Johnson, who will speak shortly, who is the Civic League president, uh, to co-author a letter that we sent to um, Director Homewood regarding the issue and really wanting clarification and understanding that the overlay was very broad. And I'm certainly not a planning expert, but when I read it, I had no idea what it, it really implied. Um, so that began a six-month odyssey of meetings, of meetings with residents, of meeting, uh, meetings with uh, planning staff to get clarity if front lobe garages are permitted, and we've discovered that they are not, and that is something that we would like to maintain. So um, I'm here in support of the um, change in the, uh, the text amendment. Um, again, I just want to stress that um, we have a strategy that has a great deal of voices of residents indicating that they want to maintain the historic character of the neighborhood. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Uh, Mr. Charles Johnson. Good afternoon. My name is Charles E. Johnson, Jr. I live at 3226 on Mahondro Avenue. I am the Park Place Civic League president. I'm here today to speak in uh, support of this amendment that we are requesting for the um, uh, overlay plan because of the consistent standards that we have always wanted to have in Park Place. I've been in Park Place for over 12 years. Uh, the architectural design of the houses, that's one reason why I moved into the area. So in order to continue that consistent standards, to continue, continue the architectural design, we wanted to make sure that all the standards were being followed. As noted by, um, excuse me, by the H&E director, we did observe one of the factors that was not being supported was the garages, and that's the front-loaded garages, especially the two-car front-loaded garages. And that happened in the last five years. Going back to 1999, if you look at a survey, over 31 homes have been built in Park Place with front-loaded garages. But most of those homes were built uh, in the last five years. So we, as a group, 
decided, well, we should have a discussion on this. We had a community meeting. At the community meeting, it was discussed, the pros and the cons. A uh, motion was made, the vote was taken, and the vote was that we would then send it to the uh, body of the Civic League to be voted on. And so in February 6th, we had our Civic League meeting, and at that time, uh, it was presented, and there were points made in support of it and points made in opposition to it. But the majority of the people who were at the Civic League meeting were supportive of this amendment to the OLA plan. And so on that note, I'm here representing them, saying that please support us in keeping a consistent standard and the architectural uh, development of the Park Place area. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Ms. Johnson. Uh, uh, Jerome Miller, Norfolk Building Group. Miller? It says here four. Okay, we'll get you in a second then. Uh, uh, Cheryl, is it Dales? Good afternoon. I'm Cheryl Dales. I'm at 536 West 36th Street in Norfolk, Virginia. I'm a member of the Park Place Civic League Board where I hold the position of parliamentarian. I am here to oppose the continuing building of homes with front-loading garages in the Greater Historical Park Place, which is, as you know, one of the older neighborhoods in the city of Norfolk. I agree that regulation guidelines need to be clarified in order to keep newly built homes with front-loaded garages from being built in the Greater Park Place neighborhood. I live next door to a home recently built with a front-loading garage directly between my home with my home and the front-loading garage, the new, newly built home, and another historical home, which has, in my opinion, has taken away from what, quote, the historical authenticity of our Park Place neighborhood. And again, I would like to oppose the uh, building, the additional building of homes with front-loading garages, and a clarification be made on the wording of it. Thank you. Thanks, Ms. Dolphin. Uh, Ms. Hurley? Do you like to speak? Uh, opponent. Opponent? Okay, have you done? Well, we can, we can start with the... Uh, okay, well, it's not really, um, sorry. Um, it's not really opponent. I'm with PBA, Headwater Builders Association. Sure, if you'd like to speak um, yeah, or you'd like to wait till the end. And just give us your name first, and mailing address. Here. No problem. Uh, Ashley Henley, TBA, uh, Smith Road in Chesapeake. Um, we just kindly ask that there be more time for the community to um, be made aware of the situation and the specific language and have time to um, be able to voice their input, if any, and ask that the matter be addressed at the next meeting of this. Has TBA been out to the Civic League meeting or have um, you been in communication with the community there at all? We have members that have, yes. Okay. So, so. so you have been in communication with the Civic League? No, not directly. Not. Okay. Mm -mm. okay. And that's all. That's all right. just what we ask, that it be considered at the next meeting. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Mr. Miller? Jerry? Hi. 
Jerome Miller, Norfolk Building Corporation, 1507 East Bayview Boulevard, Norfolk, Virginia. I'm here today as a TBA representative in my capacity as a committee member for the Norfolk Municipal Affairs Committee, as well as the 2030 rewrite uh, of the, the uh, zoning ordinance. And I guess some of the builders uh, have heard about my newly elected position here and have called me voicing concerns about the specific text that will be included in this proposed ordinance and the fact that, that, the, that they really haven't had an opportunity to examine the specific text and the, the detail that they would like to do. There's been, I mean, we're disappointed. Uh, we're always disappointed when there are ordinances, laws that are being implemented that will restrict development. Uh, that's not what we like to hear. We're, uh, we like to build all kinds of houses, all shapes and sizes. One car, two car garages, preferably. That's what the market seems to be demanding. And the, the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that the market is what really dictates more so what the building community is wanting to provide. Because if we do not listen to the market, then we're not successful as business people. And so it's a, it's, it's a tug of war here when you have communities that uh, have convinced themselves that the builders that are building the houses with garages are the enemy. When in fact, that investment, that new homeowner that will buy that property and become a part of the community is part of the solution for a lot of Norfolk's neighborhoods that are struggling to correct some situations that have been ongoing for a long time. But I guess, you know, when you look at front-loaded garages, one of the things from the building community standpoint is that it offers us an opportunity to provide additional square foot of living area much more affordably than when you have to extend or increase the building envelope. So it allows us to add two to 300 square foot of heated living area at probably less than half the cost if we have to extend the building envelope. And, and I believe that in the areas that are most sensitive uh, to, um, to, to the whole question of a front-loaded garage, there's, there are alternatives to recess the garages back and make them not as much of a dominant part of the front facade to at least give the builder the opportunity to provide that additional square footage that the market seems to want. At the very least, the houses that the NRHA has built over the years with the detached garages, in our opinion, you know, we have to have that at least if you're going to take away the front-loaded uh, attached 
capability because today's young buyers are demanding. They're demanding two-car garages from us. But if you, if you can, if you, if you had your drug, I mean, you've got to be able to give them some kind of garage. So I think today, um, you know, we're here to ask that we want clarification, we want verification that a detached front-loaded garage will be allowed under this new ordinance, and that we want to know that the text language that has kind of just kind of come together based on hearsay is in fact specific enough that it will not exclude that possibility. Okay. All right. Thanks for your questions. I believe hopefully we can have staff address both of those points and, and clarify that um, uh, for you here before we, we take action on the matter. Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Miller. Um, Mr. Paul Wallace. Hi, I'm Paul Wallace, Wallace Brothers Homes, 2525 Oconee Avenue in Virginia Beach. Uh, my brother and I are builders, developers, property owners, all in Park Place, and we've been working extensively with Park Place Civic League, Healthy Neighborhood Enterprises, city staff, and anybody else who would listen. Uh, we're big fans of Park Place, and we do, in fact, agree that there should be some reasonable restriction on construction in that historic area. There's been a lot of stuff built that uh, really wasn't in compliance. But there are two issues today that haven't been clarified at all. The first is, what is the definition of a front load garage? Seems pretty simple, especially to those in the building industry. It's a garage that loads from the front, but it took us several meetings going all the way back to August to come to understand that the, that the Civic League had been specifically opposed to what they referred to as a front load garage, that being a garage that is actually in front of the main plane of the house. It loads from the front. We have since worked with them permitted and built homes that have attached garages that are in fact from a building definition legally front load garages they load from the front but they're attached to the house they're recessed substantially away from the street so they're not the main point of sight and we are only building one car garages mr johnson when he was up here made allusion to a two-car garage and as we attempted to clarify this we did continue to support receive their support, both the H&E and the Civic League, for attached front load garages that were built from a proper perspective. And that perspective has been uh, developed both from looking at historic homes in the city of Norfolk and from taking guidance from the official city of Norfolk pattern book that is supposed to guide construction in the neighborhood. So the issue progressed. Uh, my brother and I are members both of the uh, TBA, Municipal Affairs Committee, and the Civic League. And we have been at all the meetings. The issue progressed, and no text was forthcoming until the Civic League meeting. So we had a Municipal Affairs Committee meeting, no text. The Civic League meeting, no text, other than a single sentence. And prior to that, a meeting with Bobby Tahan and, and interested stakeholders uh, at the same location where Civic League meetings are held regarding possibilities, uh, different restrictions that could be placed on garages but would still allow the much desired single car attached garage where it's appropriate appropriate and where it'll fit on the property it wasn't until the last civic league meeting that we saw any text whatsoever and that was a single sentence and that sentence said 
attached garages will not, front loading attached garages will not be permitted in the Park Place residential overlay. At that time, I stated my concerns once again, and I was assured by Mr. Johnson that the planning committee had informed him that that would be enforced as referring to garages that load in front of the main body of the house. As we had discussed, it was never a clear definition to me, and it's not the one that uh, a builder or typically a building official would apply to that language, but that's how it was described to us as it had been described throughout nearly six to eight months before that. So that's the first issue. What even is a front load garage? I still don't believe everybody has a common understanding of it. But the bigger issue today is that that is not the amendment that has been proposed to be voted upon today by the members of the Planning Commission. That amendment is two solid pages long. It's, uh, it's attached to the commission. It had a link on the front page. This link did not exist until after business hours last night. Even as a member of the Municipal Affairs Committee, as a member of the Planning uh, of the Civic League, and having attended every meeting referring to this and asked for text at every meeting and being assured it would be forthcoming, we have never seen that text until late last night when Mr. Tan finally sent it to me personally. Uh, if you look in your agenda, it is a couple of pages long, strikes this single paragraph and adds nearly two pages of text. This text affects almost everything in the Park Place residential overlay. My brother and I, the majority of our business isn't, is there. We've come back to Norfolk. We were born and raised here, and that's where we're working now almost exclusively. We've acquired a lot of property there and been working actively with the Civic League, the H&E, and city staff to develop properties, and now we're being blindsided with this text. Uh, right in the write-up itself, it says that the proposed text amendment today will change the development standards for porches, detached garage, ground floor height, non-residential uses, parking, roof pitch, and of course, the garages themselves as a focus. None of this has been presented to anyone, any stakeholder in the public that I'm aware of. As a matter of fact, there were edits being made to it until last night. It hasn't been mentioned by anyone who spoke today. This is the text that's before you to be voted upon. And I gotta tell you, um, these are extensive changes that will affect all aspects of building into PPRO. But as an active builder, developer, Civic League member, TBA member, and property owner in Park Place, I've had no chance to review or discuss any of these items until today, neither as a TPA, neither as any other builder. So I'm requesting that uh, this item be deferred at least until after the next TBA Municipal Affairs Committee meeting, which will be, I think, in a couple of months, and so they can get a full airing, a full vetting, and we can address all these other changes. Thank you, Thank Mr. Wallace. Certainly take all into consideration today. I'll give your brother his three minutes, I suppose, now. Um, Jeffrey Wallace. Hello, my name is Jeffrey Wallace, uh, Wallace Brothers Homes, the other half, um, 2525 O'Connor Avenue, Virginia Beach. Uh, I will attempt not to reiterate everything my brother said, though I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, more so, I would like to talk to the, the uh, extent of garages in historic neighborhoods in Norfolk. Um, the two are not exclusive. There are plenty of examples of historic homes with attached garages. Uh, we built in Lambert's Point where I had to get a 
zoning certificate to build on a non-conforming lot before and i was told at that time that uh attached garages were not indicative of the neighborhood because i proposed a house with one uh so i went through and counted them within lambert's point a historic neighborhood and there were 161 houses with attached garages many of them new one of them dating back to 1910 however somebody apparently had model t and decided he needed a garage um as time went on in the 1930s they built out edgewater which is one of the most uh valued neighborhoods in norfolk has plenty of historic homes architecturally significant homes with attached garages integrated into the house so it's not to say that if we have a single car attached garage within Park Place that is going to ruin the historic nature of the neighborhood. Um, it, as he mentioned, it's also brought up in the Norfolk Pattern Book, discusses how the garage should be placed, uh, set back from the main face of the house. They reference almost exclusively single car attached garages. And uh, again, it's, it's provided for throughout the, the designs. Uh, I find it interesting that today you'll be also discussing the Huntersville rewrite of the zoning ordinance, which discusses almost the same exact things that are in Park Place, the front yard setbacks, porches, um, the size and shape of those, but it does provide for attached garages within Huntersville, a neighborhood equally as old as Park Place. Uh, to have them set a minimum of 15 feet back and by percentages suggests a single car garage. And that's what we're hoping that Park Place will have as well in its overlay. The obvious uh, two car garage forward design that you see throughout Chesapeake suburbia or Virginia Beach suburbia, very common design, does not belong in Park Place. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think that's what instigated the letter back in August. And, and when I spoke with Therese and Charles, that's the, the feedback that I got that, you know, we like y'all's designs, but this garage forward design just doesn't belong there. And I think, I don't think there's any opposition to that whatsoever. So I would ask the uh, planning commission to continue that we might, uh, you know, better craft this PPRO uh, to replace essentially the existing PPRO, which was short-sighted when it was written if their intention was um, to not have garages or to have all the planes of the house be in that 12 to 15 feet. The verbiage is just not there on the existing PPRO. So uh, if we're gonna rewrite it, you know, if you're gonna get a good grasp on where we're going, I think Park Place has great momentum, then we need to make sure that it's written Directly in the first place. Sounds good. Thank you, Mr. Wallace. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Uh, go back, Wiley. Five minutes for proponents collectively to uh, to offer rebuttal, and then five minutes for the opponents uh, collectively. Uh, we'll try to stick to our time limits so we can keep things moving. Um, uh, Mr. Johnson, would you care to add anything else in this period? You don't have to, but you're welcome to. Once again, Charles Johnson, Park Place City League President. I just want to make a comment in reference to the market. I am not a realtor or anything along those lines, but most of the new homes that have been built in Park Place in the past few years do not have front-loaded garages, do not have attached garages. They're detached garages. And so there is a market in Park Place for detached garages. Thank you. So some time left, Ms. Patterson. Anything additional to add? Okay. Ms. Doles. 
um, additional time for uh, any of the opponents. Um, Mr. Miller. Markets. When I was referring to markets, I was not referring to markets that were influenced by NRHA. It is, you cannot, you cannot judge the market based on statistics where the lots were subsidized so heavily by NRHA that a regular builder would it would would uh, I mean he he was given the lots for five thousand uh, bucks. There was uh, they were they were working on that over a long period of time, but the builders did not pay market value for the lots that they obtained. They've never paid market value for any lots they've obtained, whether it's in East Ocean View or whether it's in Park Place or Lambert's Point for that matter. So. You cannot, you cannot judge what the market really said based on a sale that took place that was subsidized, in my estimation. I don't think that's a reflection of true market. And that is what I wanted to say. I think there's a distinction between subsidies and free markets. And the free market cannot do what things are subsidized, but the NRHA is not as active as they used to be. They don't have any money, famous, famous last words. We don't have any money. Nobody's got any money. So if the free market, if the for-profit builder is going to do the work that the city of Norfolk needs done, not only in Park Place, but in Ocean View, and in Norview, and in Bayview, and in Glen Rock, and in Hollywood, and in Chesterfield Heights, then the builder will be paying market value for the land and he will be building a, the best product that he can build that he knows or feels <coughs> more comfortable or confident that the market will accept and pay him for. And so there's a big distinction about what happened in the past with subsidized lots and what's going to take place now and going forward with market cost lots. And the cost, is, the cost of everything is going up. I, I got a call this morning. My lumber package went up $1,100. That's just part of the building business. So we're going to see inflation that we haven't had to deal with in the last few years. We're going to see higher interest rates that are going to pressure and make home ownership more challenging for first-time home buyers. That's a given. All these things are going to affect the market and the market ultimately is going to control what we do. And that's why the building community always has concerns when ordinances, regulations, laws, however you want to classify it, are implemented that's going to restrict the builder's ability to bring to the marketplace what the builder thinks. It's my money. I'm, you know, I'm specking these things. And I'm, you know, I'm just one little guy. But ultimately, that's what we're concerned about. Thank you. Ms. Mr. Wallace, anything additional to add?
since Mr. Johnson brought up the markets, I'd like to speak briefly to them. Uh, the mayor himself in a recent interview made reference to the fact that 100,000 people drive into Norfolk every day, work, and leave. Those people are able to buy those big attached garages in Chesapeake, and they buy, can buy them for less money than they will pay for a new home in Norfolk, a smaller new home, because of the expanding, constantly expanding regulations. A detached garage costs a lot more to build than an attached garage, and most buyers now prefer the attached garage. The garage is the extension of your home. It's where your dog food is and your pantry and that extra fridge with all the beer in it and your workshop, and they're attached to the home. Buyers prefer attached garages, and they are less expensive. If Norfolk wants to be able to continue to compete in the market and bring some of those 100,000 commuters to live in Norfolk, they've got to build an acceptable, affordable product that buyers want, and that's one of the challenges. Secondly, though, I just want to reiterate that the issue today for me is that there are two solid pages of changes to the Park Place residential overlay that have not been vetted, even really discussed here at all, that cover all aspects of construction. And for that reason, this has to be deferred until people can talk about it. I don't think anybody up there maybe has even seen all the changes. They're extensive, they're expansive, they're onerous, and they need to be discussed and properly formulated before being adopted today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Ms. Hurley, if you have a quick comment, five minutes is up, if you have a quick comment. Uh, Henley, no. Henley, I'm sorry. No, the no, R's in the... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, commissioners, questions? Bobby, do you have anything additional to add for any of the concerns you've heard um, regarding either information being put out recently, the ability f uh, to provide front-loading detached garages? Uh, if there's any clarification to some of the points that were brought up, appreciate Yes, sir. It. As uh, Mr. Wallace pointed out, as we were working on uh, amending this text, um, a, a format of this text was provided to the uh, Park Place uh, Civic League and to the Healthy Neighborhoods Enterprises for them to look at as a draft, but uh, we did not have finalized text at the time. Uh, that's why it was, uh, it took a while for it to get posted to the website. That is that is true. Attached garages, we, as staff, we believe that we have gone over what those mean as far as um, with the community. Um, uh, I believe uh, you've heard from both uh, Ms. Uh, Patterson and Mr. Johnson about their feelings towards that. Um, we will gladly meet with them again if that's the direction that the commission would prefer. Thank you, Bob. Comments? I, I'm sympathetic to them uh, needing more time to absorb this information. Okay. Any other comments? I mean, I, I would. Say that obviously we're we're all about making sure everybody has all the information. We get the best product here. I will say that building in Norfolk is not building in Chesapeake. We're we're not Chesapeake, and we have we have historic uh, constraints in this in the city that we want to protect, and we want builders that are going to work with our community to give them the products that they want. Obviously, we also want builders to be able to be profitable and want to build in our city. So we understand those two dynamics, and you know. I, I understand that the folks that live in, in Park Place, they want to preserve that character. And if we can find that common ground that we, you all can sell products and, and, and homes there that are in line with the character, uh, then the Civic League is happy with. I think that's the best case scenario. But to just put up things that are going to turn over quickly because they can move, 
we don't have that luxury in, in uh, the historic city. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can find some common ground. I'm certainly not opposed to, to leaving more time to get this right. These homes and neighborhoods have been around a long time, and we want to, we want to do all we can to preserve it and get it right. So uh, I'm, I'm certainly comfortable. Can I ask Bobby a question? Yeah. Bobby, um, <clears throat> so there seems to be a lot of discussion on what front-loading means, and I know we've had those same discussions on the commission in the last few months and because we've seen some stuff that's come that's been pushed far forward and um you know we've worked on variances and uh, things like that to get people to move things back is there do you see any benefit in all the discussions that you've had of being more definitive on what front loading means as far as the um articulation of the facade of the house or um uh, not to put you on the spot with that but it seems like there's everyone's kind of talking about something slightly different right um we again when we've made the presentation mm -hmm. to the parkway civic league we brought pictures and we're very clear about mm -hmm. even though it's recessed and the front the garage doors do face the street with the main entrance faces that is considered front loaded so we tried our best to make sure that even though an attached garage is is recessed it's still considered a front loaded garage mm -hmm. regardless of the recessed or lines up with the house or sticks out past the house it's just uh, the way it presents itself to the street um, we believe that the Civic League uh, understood that, but again, if it's if it is something we need to discuss a little bit more thoroughly, then then um, we can do that as well. Was there a discussion on one um, car garages versus two car garage front loading? There was discussion about that. Um, that was brought forward to the Civic League as as an option to find a way in the middle. Um, Again, we've received a definitive response saying that they voted to prohibit front-loaded garages, attached front-loaded garages uh, in general, so. And one more question on timing, if I might. Um, are you aware, are there multiple, are there several, many, one, two, few um, pending projects right now that the outcome of this was 30 days longer would affect adversely, or is this, is there time here? The understanding of the overlay at this moment with current staff, mm -hmm. we haven't had much turnover for the zoning review, um, is is to uphold what the current regulation state, which is the two to three, uh, 12 to 15 foot build two line setback um, for buildings, which then prohibits driveways, front uh, driveways that lead to the, uh, between the house and the street and also front loaded garages. So at this time we can we can still achieve um, meeting the, the criteria, but it is still not very clear, so. Right. But, but from a regulatory standpoint, you're still meeting the intent of the PCO. That is correct. Okay. <clears throat> Chair, I'd like to make a motion um, that we possibly table this uh, and give some time to continue to our next public hearing so that both the community and stakeholders have an option, have an opportunity to, um, you know, see if there's some compromise, um, some, you know, uh, a better understanding exactly one of, of of what the community wants to see as far as uh, front-loading garages that uh, protrude from the home versus recessed, uh, detached, um, you know, get a clear definition of what's there, but also give uh, the builders and stakeholders an opportunity to get a better understanding of what the community wants to see built in the neighborhood. Okay. We have a motion to continue to our next uh, scheduled public hearing. Is there a second? I'll second. Any discussion? I just like to say second with the understanding that we are following the guidelines as they are currently stated. Understood. And I would I would add that <coughs> if we're going to allow additional time, you know, I want the community to to you know understand that the homes that are built there are it's in their best interest that these homes are able to be sold, 
um, and from the builder standpoint, understand the historic uh, value of that neighborhood and the, the desire to, to do our best to maintain that uh, and try to try to compromise whatever we can to, to get a great product that'll sell and uh, leave us with uh, the integrity of uh, Park Place. You ready? All right, we're ready. The uh, motion to continue the item to the public hearing to be heralded on Thursday, March 23rd, 2017 at 2.30 p.m. City Council Chambers, 11th floor, City Hall Building, Norfolk, Virginia. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton? Yes. Dr. Newman? Aye. All right. Thank you. That takes us to item number three on the continued agenda. This is Baker's Home Incorporated. For a special exception to change from one non-conforming use, nursing home to another non-conforming use, daycare center adult at 2333 Ballantyne Boulevard. All right, good afternoon. This request is by Baker's Home Inc. And uh, like Lenny said, it's to a special exception to change from one non-conforming use, uh, nursing home to another non-conforming use, which would be an adult daycare facility. And the facility is located at uh, 2333 Ballantyne Boulevard. And the property actually extends, um, stretches across the block to partially front on Vincent <coughs> Avenue. And um, just for context, this is located about a half block south of the um, historic Ballantyne School in the Ballantyne Place neighborhood. Uh, the area is developed mainly with single family homes. Um, across the street on the other side of Ballantyne Boulevard it is a zone multifamily. And there are some duplexes and triplexes on that side of the street. And um, the, the request that's before you today, I'll give you some background on it. Uh, this, uh, the nursing home use on the property, that began in 1971. Um, and under the current zoning regulations, a nursing home is not permitted within the R8 district. However, as a legal nonconforming use, it may continue provided that the use is not discontinued for a period of two years. That would be how a nonconforming use is no longer grandfathered. Um, so the nursing home ceased operation in August of 2015. Therefore, the site is, uh, is grandfathered for the use of a nursing home until August of 2017, um, unless a change of use occurs, uh, such as the one proposed. Um, and the zoning ordinance permits a nonconforming use to be changed to another nonconforming use uh, with a special exception uh, if that's approved, if those uses are within the same zoning category. Um, and the nursing home and adult daycare are both considered institutional uses. That's in the same category. So all of the services provided with an adult daycare facility um, are also permitted to be provided to the residents of a nursing home although all of the services of a nursing home are not permitted uh, at an adult daycare facility. Um, and then a nursing home, uh, it does include the overnight stay of guests as residents, uh, whereas an adult daycare does not include overnight stay, um, but instead clients arrive and depart from the facility on a daily basis. Uh, therefore, a adult daycare use with limited hours, um, and what's proposed here is 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday through Friday, uh, would represent a reduction in the degree of nonconformity and a potential reduction in neighborhood impacts than if the site were to be reestablished as a 24-hour nursing home. Um, should the proposed use be approved, then the site would no longer be grandfathered as a nursing home unless a special exception is sought and granted 
um, and someone chose to apply to have it changed back to another non-conforming use. Um, should the proposed use change of use be denied and should the nursing home operation not be resumed by August 1st, 2017, then the site would no longer be grandfathered and uh, the site may only be used for single family development, which is the zoning that you see here, R8. All right. So impacts that are commonly associated with a 24-hour nursing home that does include employees arriving and departing uh, throughout the day and night, as well as the occurrence of emergency rescue services uh, being called to the site at any time, which presents with uh, flashing emergency lights um, and which often project into nearby uh, neighbors' windows. Um, so we looked at a few different things in trying to show and compare and contrast the different um, the previous operation with the proposed operation. So we looked at the calls for emergency police and fire rescue services. And um, since it stopped in 2015, we looked at a period between 2013 to 2015 to sort of get an idea of when the nursing home was operating, what uh, normal impacts were. And in that time frame, uh, there were at least 211 valid calls for emergency service to the facility, uh, 116 of which, which is 55%, occurred after hours. So meaning outside of that five, um, outside of that 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. window, uh, where the bulk of the emergency calls for service, um, as, as you can imagine, it's a nursing home facility. Uh, the facility was was uh, vacant in 2016, so. Thus, the 16 uh, data was not, that was not relevant. It was, it was vacant. So the vast majority of the calls for services were due to health-related emergencies, which frequently occur at a nursing home facility. Um, and given the reduction in hours and the ambulatory nature of the population living within a nursing home, uh, there should be a significant reduction in calls for emergency service to the site as an adult daycare. Um, and, 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 of course, the after-hours impacts to the immediate neighbors would be completely eliminated since the facility completely shuts would shut down at uh, 5 p.m. So we did want to, um, to relay that and just to show the context. Uh, this this report uh, we did prepare this um, in with with input from the Virginia Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Services, which would be the licensing agency that this proposed adult daycare would be licensed through, uh, but also the Virginia Department of Social Services, the uh, Norfolk Community Services Board, and then the city's Department of Human uh, Services. Um, so both uh, DBHDS, VDSS, and Norfolk CSB and the city's Department of Human Services have all confirmed that the Baker's Home Organization in all affiliated Baker community programs and services uh, does not have any outstanding violations or investigations that we know of. Um, and there have not been any issues in, in coordinating with all these different folks. Um, I've been told that there have not been any issues in the past outside of the normal challenges that periodically occur throughout the entire health and human services uh, community. So um, just to... Uh, uh, we do have several conditions in here. I won't read all of them. They're in your packet, but I will read one that we, um, uh, us in the attorney's office put together to sort of make sure that this doesn't slip into uh, another uh, activity, and that's condition D that I'll just read real quick, and it says that at all times while in operation, the facility is required to maintain an active license with either the Virginia Department of Social Services 
or the Virginia Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Services or any other state agency qualified to license the activities commonly associated with adult day services for individuals necessitating custodial care. The license shall be provided to the city's Department of City Planning and any change in licensure status including surrender, suspension, or revocation of license shall be provided in writing by the applicant to the Department of City Planning within 30 days of such change. No use of the facility is permitted during any time that the required license is surrendered, suspended, revoked, or otherwise not active and in effect. The use permitted by this special exception shall not commence unless and until the required license has been issued. So um, also in your uh, Dropbox, you will see that you do have um, a couple different letters. Um, uh, we have the uh, Civic League has, has provided a letter of support. Um, this is the Ballantine Place Civic League. And then there are four neighbors that are in opposition. Um, and uh, uh, three of which of these letters, they did come in to our department prior to the Civic League meeting that um, if you read through the Civic League letter, they do explain uh, how that how that meeting went and the uh, the general support of their members. So I, I don't know if any of the letters that I received prior to, um, if that involves someone who ended up going to the meeting and changing their mind or not. Um, but there is one letter that I received after um, from Miss Fox that she is opposed to this, uh, and that did, that did come in uh, both before and after. So I attached both letters to your packet. Uh, with that, staff does recommend approval of the request uh, for all the reasons that I just noted and the, um, and the change from, from one nonconforming use to another nonconforming use being recognized by staff as something that absolutely results in much less impacts, especially after hours impacts with noise and lights um, coming to and from the facility. So I, I will stand by for any questions on that. Thank you, Matt. I'll note there is no uh, opposition to this item at uh, signed up to speak today. Uh, from we'll start with the applicant. Uh, if you'd like to speak, uh, Mr. Mary Babcock. Good afternoon, Ms. Babcock. Just give us your name and your mailing address. Okay, thank Thanks. you. My name is Mary Babcock. My mailing address at 2511 Tate Court, Norfolk. I brought with me newsletters that were distributed to 850 households within the Ballantine Place community anywhere from two weeks to a week prior to the time of our meeting where we discussed Baker's Home. And I would be glad to give each of you a copy of this. It's the front page item. Thank you. Thank you. So everyone within our community was given the information, and we actually had 45 folks in attendance at our meeting, which was a pretty good turnout for a Civic League meeting. I have been the secretary of the Ballantine Civic League for 15 years and more recently have taken on the role as vice president. I have a long involvement in the community. I was involved in the previous organization that existed on Ballantine Boulevard. We had a lot of problems with the folks, with the, with the in and out 
the time of night and day, people wandering the streets, being disruptive and destructive. I, for one, am delighted that they are gone. We also, several of us in the Civic League, have met with representatives of Baker's Home several times on site. And we are impressed that they are indeed providing a level of service to the community that is needed. We do not believe that there's any reason for the community to be concerned about what is being offered to the folks that will be on the receiving end. We had not a single one of the folks, with the exception of Karen Fox, come to our meeting to say anything, win, lose, or draw, concerning the operation of the facility. Karen Fox was the only person that came, and she was quite negative and somewhat hostile. And that's as much as I have to say about it. We in the community feel very strongly that we would like to have this organization be welcomed into the community to provide service to a group of folks that desperately need their help. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Babcock. Uh, um, Claudette Jones. Good afternoon. My name is Claudette Jones. I'm the owner of Baker's Home, Inc. And I'm here to answer any questions you all may have. There's a letter, I think, in your packet that gives you some history of our business. So if you have any questions, I'm here to answer whatever you need. Just give us your mailing address. And oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> 1417 Lake Forest Drive in Portsmouth. Great. Thanks, Ms. Jones. We'll stand by for any questions. All right. Thank you. Um, Dwayne Williams. Just uh, here to answer any questions. Thank you, Mr. Williams. Uh, Lorenzo Pettis. Hope I said that right. Lorenzo Pettis, uh, 120 Hull Street. In Norfolk, I just was thankful for the Baker home to hear about it. Um, belonging to the Civic League, they've been through Desert Storm, Desert Rat, Desert Shield, and U.S. Merchant Seaman. Also, been locked up for a long time. All right, 16 years with a whole bunch of depression on my head. Went through um, reentry. So with this Baker home and people talking to you and helping you in the neighborhood, this is one of the best things that we can have coming back in society. You know, I don't even know how to use a telephone. And with a lot of mental depression and a lot of distortion and somebody give you a hand to make it in Norfolk from 01 to now is a stress. So with the Baker's home talking to us, guiding us and helping us it makes it that much better in the city to make it and not do wrong much thank appreciated you. mr Pest. Thank, thank you, you. Uh, here but not wishing to speak but i will recognize these folks miss uh, uh valerie cromwell uh, mm. roswald that's fine. Do you, do you like to speak or just? No, I'm here. If you need to say something, I'm here. Great. 
read that. Uh, Omega Adams. Who else do we have here? A.L. Oswald. Oswald. Ah, Mr. Oswald. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Now, there is no opposition uh, to this matter. Are there any questions from commissioners? Comments? All right. <clears throat> the uh, motion before you is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton? Yes. And Dr. Newman? I vote aye. All right. Thank you. We'll make that recommendation to council. Right. We now move to our regular agenda. Item number one is the City Planning Commission for the following applications. A is modify Appendix B <coughs> in the table of contents within <coughs> Plan Norfolk 2030 to adopt by reference the Norfolk Transitional Neighborhoods Plan Book. B, amend Chapter 4, Residence Districts of the Zoning Ordinance to include single-family traditional SFT district. C is a change of zoning from R8, single-family district and residential compatibility overlay RCO district to single-family traditional single-family district. Uh, Mr. Chair, also, I believe we do have to also make uh, action on the design review approval of the plan book as well. Um, as part of this motion. Um, Mr. Chair, in, in a little bit of a, in order to uh, facilitate the explanation of the plan book that was reviewed through the design review portion of your public meeting uh, held on the 10th floor, um, staff is going to have work program architects, uh, Mel Price and Anthony James, provide history and explanation um, of the plan book that's being provided, and I will uh, supplement with the proposed changes that are uh, moving forward at this time. Mel Price and Anthony James with Work Program Architects, 208 East Plume Street, Suite 2, uh, downtown Norfolk. And um, we'll just give you a, a one-minute overview of, of our work, and Anthony will start. All righty. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, just like we mentioned downstairs, um, we are uh, working with the uh, neighborhood of Huntersville. So um, history of the plan book that you received earlier, I guess, this, um, I guess this afternoon, um, the neighborhood of Huntersville has developed a strategic plan. They reached out to the city of Norfolk in conjunction with a couple of other folks to kind of develop said plan and um, kind of move forward with a plan of action. Um, the city of Norfolk has reached out to WPA where we um, identified um, areas inside of that strategic plan where we could um, effectively uh, make some decent progress with architecture, um, single family homes. See, so we work with the neighborhood to understand the strategic plan. Um, we identify the goals. Um, let's see, and we gain the understanding of the vernacular architecture um, by going throughout the neighborhood and kind of collecting data on the general, um, well, general forms that the buildings took, and et cetera, and so forth. Okay, so we um, so we started with understanding the neighborhood, listening to their plans, um, and then putting forward plans to address those needs. And so the plan book that you have before you um, includes uh, 1,500 square foot, uh, 40 foot long houses, as well as 1,800 square foot, 50 foot long houses, a combination of either four or five bedroom houses that are beautiful, designed to, to meet um, the needs of the neighborhood, affordable, uh, market rate, 
uh, sustainable. Um, you don't have it in your plan book, but some of the renderings of the rear of the house show rain barrels in order to capture water. They have accessible options for aging in place. Um, it's been a, a true partnership between the design team, the city, uh, Tidewater Builders Association. I believe they've left, but we've worked um, closely with many of the builders that were here today. And of course, the neighborhood. So we've been to, I guess, three civic league meetings, task force meeting, uh, met separately with Covest, uh, met with our builders, um, and then also had a historical walking tour of the neighborhood. And you'll see some of those notes incorporated into the history text um, that's outlined in the beginning of the plan book. Um, so the, um, the opportunity is to um, provide uh, residents, um, encourage growth from within the neighborhood so that renters can become owners, uh, builders can come in and build something that fits in with the neighborhood, uh, makes the neighborhood um, safer. We get more eyes on the street. We get more people out on their front porches. Uh, we have some garage options in the back mm -hmm. that are, uh, you'll notice, uh, tucked together. So we're actually using garages and shared driveways to um, facilitate community. So as you can imagine, people opening up those garage doors, they may choose to store a car, they may choose to put all their cookout stuff in there, they may choose to have a workshop. We're kind of um, using design to facilitate a good community environment. Um, so that is the, the essence of the plan book. We have 144 different options, and by the time residents of Huntersville um, make those options their own through paints and landscape and everything else, you have um, a variety of choices that fit within the neighborhood. And there are a couple of other items that we um, should probably address. Uh, mainly we want this, or actually the city, in conjunction with the neighborhood and WPA have come up with the uh, strategic goals in order to make sure that the neighborhood of uh, Huntersville can grow from within. Um, and, you know, any outside influence is obviously welcome, but um, the major idea is that, you know, we have a lot of renters that we would like to see become homeowners. Um, and obviously, as Malcolm uh, mentioned, uh, develop the community. So, thank you. Any questions? Sounds great. Thank okay. you all. Thanks. Mr. Chair, uh, again, as you have four items in front of you, one, the first item is the design review portion uh, that needs to be to uh, receive action for approval um, in order for uh, to retain your review and approval. The other three items is to modify the uh, plan Norfolk 2030 to adopt uh, by reference the Norfolk Traditional Neighborhoods Plan Book, which is the plan book you have in front of you. The second portion of that is to amend Chapter 4 of Residence Districts uh, of the Zoning Ordinance to create the Single Family Traditional uh, Zoning Classification and text. And the last one is the change of zoning from R8 uh, District and Residential Compatibility Overlay uh, to Single Family Traditional uh, District in the Huntersville neighborhood, in the old Huntersville neighborhood. Uh, as WPA's uh, representatives have, have said, uh, the old Huntersville neighborhood has come up with a strategic plan uh, identifying multiple things that uh, that they would like to have targeted in their neighborhood. Many of those things we were able to um, capture as part of a general plan amendment um, to, to assure that city policy lines up with what their goals are for the community. Many of those, uh, some of those things deal with, uh, with things outside of what can be handled through the policy realm. However, um, there are other things that can be uh, added into the general plan to help support uh, their goals in their neighborhood. Uh, at direction of council, we were also provided uh, an opportunity to try to come up with an, uh, a method to increase home ownership, which is when uh, city staff uh, engaged WPA to come up with a plan book uh, that will help facilitate new construction within the old Huntersville neighborhood. The 
proposed text uh, amendment to add the single family traditional district was to help to facilitate that new construction by uh, changing the zoning only in the old Huntersville neighborhood uh, to provide this opportunity to use these plans from the plan book and to build homes on 25 foot wide lots, uh, which is not a typical permission in, within the city by right. Um, the key is, is if you were to pick one of these plans from the plan book, there are multiple permutations from this, from the plan book you have, um, and you have your site development plan, the city would print off a copy of that plan for you for your building permit, you can get approval and walk out without having that extra delay of going through the full plan review process. Finding ways to, again, facilitate uh, construction and home ownership within the Hunt old Huntersville neighborhood. Um, the single family traditional zoning classification uh, holds in it many of the things that we're reviewing within the new zoning ordinance rewrite as far as dealing with form standards to help uh, reinforce the character of the, of the old Huntersville historic neighborhood. Uh, many of those uh, development criteria deal with the requirement of front porches, location of garages, location of detached accessory structures, um, location of attached garages where they can be permitted uh, on a 50 foot wide lot. Again, typically on a 25 foot wide lot, an attached garage is not something that uh, fits in with the character of the neighborhood, which is why the plans that you have in front of you in the plan book show, show them as being uh, detached garages as being an option that would be developed. Um, but on a 50 foot wide lot that does have that opportunity, there is guidance for how that is supposed to be, is supposed to be developed and look. Um, all those uh, uh, form standards are located within this new text that you have in front of you also with the staff report. And then also you have the change of zoning, which is, um, which is to apply only this permission to build on 25 foot wide lots with these plans from the plan book within the old Huntersville neighborhood. Um, at this time, staff is uh, recommending a approval of the design review portion uh, of the review of the plan book and the modification to Plan Norfolk 2030 to adopt the uh, proposals from the uh, old Huntersville neighborhood. Um, due to other concerns of, of making sure that we assure that uh, uh, information has been put out effectively, uh, staff is recommending to uh, continue um, the text amendment and the rezoning to the next public hearing uh, in uh, March. Okay. All right. Thanks, Bobby. There's, I do not have any uh, one here on, in opposition. Do have several folks uh, for, and then some folks who will have some questions. Uh, uh, Mel and Anthony, stand by for questions. Uh, uh, Jamie Chapman. I'm Good Chapman. evening. Give My name is Janie Chapman. I am a resident of Old Huntersville. My mailing address is Post Office Box 1701 Norfolk. My home address is 1810 Bracey Street, Norfolk, Virginia. And I have been living in Old Huntersville for 30 years plus. And I just wanted to make sure uh, in the new um, zoning codes that they're working on for these specific homes, uh, 25 by 100 foot lots that uh, we're proposing in Huntersville, that the plans would be brought to our civic league so that we can hear what the, what the zoning plans would be, what the changes would be, or what the differences are as opposed to R8 now. Fair okay. question. Fair All right. Question. We'll get you some answers on that, hopefully. Sure. Okay. Thank today. you. Um, Mr. Miller, Mr. Miller, are you still here? Signed up. All right. 
Uh, here for some questions, uh, Ms. Kathleen Vaughn. Ms. Vaughn. Um, Mr. Webb, Michael Webb. Hello. Uh, long story short, uh, I still live here in Norfolk. I actually grew up in Huntersville for a long time. And uh, I don't know if you Excuse all remember. Excuse me, Mr. Webb, can you give your name and address for the record? Oh, Michael please? Webb. Uh, I, I now live in Norview, but I still come through Huntersville for ministry purposes. Sure. Just give us your mailing uh, 1032 address. Field Potts Road, uh, Norview. Sounds great. Right. Um, Long story short, I guess I need personally need more specifics on the property that's right at the corner of Chapel and Prosia. I'm not sure, because I'm just hearing about this. And the reason why I am, I am concerned is because uh, that's the area where I actually grew up at. And actually, the church that was there that burned down in 2001, that was the property that we had. Um, so I'm not sure what the agenda is specifically or, you know, specific plans. I mean, I'm just reading through this stuff today. I know they want to redevelop or rezone or something, but I just need a little bit more clarity. Um, I love Huntersville too. So like, a, a sister here, um, and I still go out there and do community efforts. We have used that property from time to time to do ministry on it and outreaches. So that's why I'm a little concerned and just want to know specifics. That's all. Sounds great. We'll get you some answers. Um, Mr. Webb, keep active over there. We appreciate it. All right. No problem. Um, and Pastor Henry Webb? Gotcha. Um, Carolyn Latham? Ms. Latham, do you have anything? Okay. And uh, Harvey Nash? Nash, anything to add? Um, Bobby, anything additional to add maybe to any of those questions we've heard? Um, we have, uh, just as a clarification, we have had extensive meetings um, with the Civic League. We'll gladly go back to make sure that we, unfortunately, one of the meetings was on election day, so maybe turnout wasn't as good as it could have been, but we've had um, three to four meetings with the uh, uh, not just city staff, but also work program architects. Um, we'll gladly go and meet with them again um, so that we can clearly spell out what the, the changes in the text and what the differences are. Okay. Are there any major changes? Is this more in semantics as far as labeling this district, or are, they, are the residents going to see any the, noticeable the, changes? The changes do line up with the, 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 new, uh, form, the new standards that are uh, proposed in this uh, new zoning ordinance rewrite. It is to preserve the historic character of the neighborhood. It does match up with the proposed plans that have been developed with uh, work program architects and um, matches the character of the existing residences out there. Um, we have in the public meetings, we have made that clear. We did voice that there would be a rezoning and that these regulations would reflect um, exactly uh, the development pattern that they had noticed that they had um, said in the public meetings that we've had that they like about Huntersville, 
versus the ones that they did not like. So um, we can go through the text word by word if necessary or just kind of do a summary to explain, but we'll make sure we take care of that. Sounds great. We could have a little extra time so we can clear all that up. Sure, just come on up to the podium. Just give us your name and address. Carolyn Latham, 1819 Brace Street, Norfolk. I am the old Huntsville Civil League Vice President. And uh, on behalf of Ms. B. Garvin, she sends her condolences. We have had several meetings with Bobby and his uh, staff and uh, Mr. Anthony, and uh, our Civil League has approved. And uh, we are very excited about the change. And uh, we have sent out um, um, bulletins and everything, inviting uh, them to come out to see the plans. We are very excited about what we are doing. It lines up with our strategic plans, and um, we don't want, um, we have some builders that's already out in our community building houses that doesn't line up for what we already have. And then you have, uh, I looked at some of the houses, and when they build the houses, there is no backyard. They just have a back door. And um, just sitting here today, listen to some of the builders. It breaks my heart to say that um, they're more concerned about building a house, but we build communities. And, um, and then say they didn't talk with the civil league. It's very important to talk to the civil leagues. Uh, and the staff, Bobby and his staff has been did a tremendous job in coming out and talking to us about changing the codes and changing uh, what we need to do in Old Huntsville. We want better. We deserve better. And uh, to make those lots available, and we are working with our residents to become homeowners, to get better jobs. You know, we want better for Old Huntsville. We're working very hard to make our community a better place to live, to work, to play. and. Um, we're just, well, you know, those who don't no longer live in Huntsville, you can come to our civil league. It's the second Tuesday of every month to see what we're doing in old Huntsville. You know, we haven't, we worked on that strategic plan. People that didn't even live in Huntsville anymore came and worked on that strategic plan for six months. And we are just asking y'all to, you know, approve this plan so we can get on the ball and work and make our community a better place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any questions, commissioners? Any comments? Um, I do have a question. Um, just for clarity, Bobby, did I hear you say that your that staff is recommending that um, that uh, we revisit this request in March? It is the the final two items. There was the the actual text amendment itself, um, and the uh, rezoning for the entire old Huntersville neighborhood. Just to assure that we've made sure that we've reached out to to all the appropriate parties. Okay. Um, and had necessary discussions. The first two items are the plan is the design review item for, that carries over from uh, your public meeting, and also the amendment to uh, Plan Office 2030 to adopt uh, portions of their strategic plan. We recommend approval of those today, but I uh, would like to continue the final two items. Okay, and so, so we're splitting that. Is that what that'll we're be split? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. There'll be there'll be two different motions. Okay. Do we need a motion to? Continue those other two items, or is that going to be a, a I, I will. Procedural? I'll read that for you here. Okay. So we'll start with let's uh, start with the general plan uh, adoption, which includes the um, Huntersville. Uh, I'm sorry, the Norfolk Traditional Neighborhood Plant and Book, 
So the motion before you is to adopt the general plan amendment, including the uh, plan book, uh, and, and uh, to recommend that it be approved by council. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton? Yes. Dr. Newman? Aye. Next motion before you is to continue uh, the uh, general the text amendment that would create the single-family SFT district and to continue the change of zoning to apply that district in the neighborhood of Huntersville. Uh, Mr. Halchins. I just want to point out that I, I uh, want to thank the yeah. homeowner who came out today. She's been living in the community for 30 years. And, um, you know, to take the time to come out today and just say that you want to hear a little bit more about what these changes will do to your neighborhood, um, we really appreciate that, along with individuals that live in other parts of the city but do care enough about Huntersville to take the time out today and come and, and express your concerns as well. Um, so with that, I vote aye. And to clarify, this is going to be continued to the public hearing on March 23rd, 2017, in the City Council. Chair. One other question. Bobby, does that give staff um, and individuals enough time to go out and meet with the Civic League again? Uh, as, as was noted, they have their first meet, their meeting in the second Tuesday of the month. We'll make sure to be there and also uh, uh, circle back with the, other, with the two others that have come to speak. Okay, great. My vote stands. All right. Mr. Murphy. I'm very impressed at the amount of community outreach that's taken place already. Uh, um, and if the Civic League wants to meet with city staff and WPA again, then certainly that's uh, only a positive thing. It sounds like Mr. Um, Webb might need a separate meeting and or a conversation after this public hearing, but uh, I vote aye. Uh, Ms. Shelton? Yes. And Dr. Newman? Aye. All right. That moves us to item number two in the regular agenda. This is Centera Healthcare. For the following applications, amendment to the future land use designation in the general plan, Plan Norfolk 2030, from single family traditional to commercial at 509 Yoder Avenue, 6012 through 6044 Benton Street, and 500 through 520 Lucas Avenue. Second application is a change of zoning from conditional C2 and R6 uh, to conditional C2 at uh, the following addresses, 509 Yoder Avenue, 6012 through 6044 Benton Street, 500 through 520 Lucas Avenue, 812 through 820 Poplar Hall Drive, and 6015 Poplar Hall Drive. Thank you. We have no opposition to this item. Uh, applicant is here, uh, Mr. Warren Tisdale. Tisdale, no opposition. You're welcome to speak if you like. Be available for questions. Great. Thank you. Any questions, commissioners? Lenny? All right. The uh, motion before you is to recommend that the general plan amendment and the conditional change of zoning be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton? Yes. Dr. Newman? Aye. All right. We move now to the third item from the agenda. This is Chick-fil-A for a special exception to operate a commercial drive-through at 6282 Northampton Boulevard. Okay, thank you. No opposition to this item. In, uh, uh, this item, uh, applicant representatives here today: uh, uh, Alan Wiley, Mr. Wiley, um, and uh, Timothy Scott uh, Burnett. 
Mr. Burnett? Good. Available for questions if needed, I assume? Great. Any questions, Commissioners? No. All right. The motion before you is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Alchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton? Yes. And Dr. Newman? I just first say thank you all for working with us on the design. You guys have done a great job on this project and ones in the past. And, um, you know, we do have some special architectural desires in this uh, city, and you all have, have come through. So we appreciate it. I vote aye. All right. Next item before us is Richard Robinson for a special exception to operate an eating and drinking establishment at 409 York Street. Okay. Thank you. Uh, here, no opposition on this item as well. Uh, Mr. Richard, is it Radisson? Robinson. Robinson, Mr. Robinson. Thank you. Uh, Tom McNeilan. McNeilan, would you like to speak? Yes, sir. Sure. Just give us your mailing address. Thank you. Good afternoon. Tom McNeilan, uh, 404 West Butte Street in Norfolk. I live in the and own the house that's immediately behind the commercial building that fronts on Botetot. Oh yeah, we know. Yep, <laughs> we've been here before. Um, and I very much support Richard's proposal. Okay, he's a good man. I, I hope he has a successful venture. I do have three items though I would like to ask the commission and staff to consider before this is finalized or is this is finalized. Number one, I believe the staff report relative to traffic and park and park parking drastically underestimates the reality of the situation we have in the neighborhood. If you look at the photo shown on the board and shown here, this photograph we can tell air photo was taken in the winter and in the mid-morning based on the shadow links and directions. It was also taken during the week. And the fact that there's no car in my driveway, it's probably taken on a Tuesday or Wednesday, about 10 in the morning in the winter. You will note, if you know the area, when light rail was put in, about two-thirds of the parking on this block of West York evaporated for the light rail line. You will look and see there are three spaces in front of the applicant, the old machismo's place, two of them are filled. The four, the parking spaces that start on the other side of the street, mid-block, three of the four are filled. You also see that there's a truck parked illegally, half on the sideway, wall blocking the road in front of the buildings two-story down, two, two, two locations down. That's common in this area. There's no parking on one side of Botetot. The parking on the other side of Botetot is filled in the photo. The next parking in York is a half a block further down. It's, it, it's not overly filled. The parking on Butte out here is routinely filled. The neighbors have problems with access into their driveways. I have a lot, you'll notice also that there are eight cars filling nine or 10 usable spaces behind next to Michi, the old former Machismos. This lot is used by all the the four businesses in the commercial bills, building on Botetourt during the day undoubtedly will be used for people coming into uh, to Richard's place 
at night it reverts to being solely controlled by voila. People routinely pull into this space and if things are full, pull up and park in what is the designated alleyway, blocking my entrance and exit into my house. That happens routinely. It's always a hassle to track them down where they are. It's really a problem when the six months of construction on the, the commercial building was undergoing after the roof fell, the awning fell. We gave up one of our spots so they could have their portalette there and, and use that as a semi-secured storage area for the, for the workers. So I was parked here and half the time I came out, I couldn't get out of there. Um, I don't know what can be done about traffic and parking. Is it possible for the city to strike that designated alleyway? So it's a little more obvious that it isn't meant for parking. It's meant to be kept clear. Lenny, George, is that an option? Please if it sure. is, I'd like to have it looked at. Tom, we'll ask. pursue that with public ask. works. Okay. Sure. Um, and I'll, obviously, another business is only going to make that worse. Usually when you ask somebody to move after you find them, they say, oh, I'm only getting a cup of coffee. Well, shit, if I got to be, some, pardon my language, if I got to be someplace, I don't care whether you're getting a cup of coffee or, or what. We continue to have problems in the alleyway behind that building, especially when there's entertainment in the one one shop with people urinating it, urinating back there because they don't have enough bathroom space for the number of people. The second, but that's obviously totally unrelated to Richard's application. The second thing I'd like to look at is the waste facilities for the, the commercial block strip and Richard's new facility are all located right here. It's an eyesore. It's a hazard, it's a rat trap. Hopefully something can be done to improve that as part of this, this renovation. Um, I'd like to encourage that to be done. The third thing, my third comment, and really the most serious one in my, my concern is I object and feel it's very inappropriate for the permit application to be based on occupancy through midnight for uh, the establishment. I know Richard's not planning on using it like that, but nevertheless, having that as an accepted permit application, I can almost guarantee you that I'll be back up here in front of you again when, when some of the other facilities right there are back in to want their hours extended too, which is going to be a problem. So I would respectfully request that the operation hours be changed till 10 p.m. during the week and 11 during the weekend, like the cure and like the bed and breakfast. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Uh, we, Mr. Copley. Hello, my name is Philip Copley, and uh, my husband and I live at 421 West Butte Street in, in Unit 405. Um, we're in the condo building, the pilot house, right down the street from where the... Uh, um, we've been uh, a resident of that, of that uh, locale for about 17 years combined. Um, we, uh, we really enjoy the walkable pedestrian style, um, you know, uh, kind of situation we got going on with all the restaurants. Um, I live and work in downtown. I work at the medical school. So, I mean, we're a one-car family. Um, so I'm walking across that area every single day. I mean, to and from work, use the light rail. 
it's great. Um, I really enjoy uh, Rich, the culinary experience that, that we have had at, at Walla with him as executive chef has been top notch. I, I foresee incredible food coming out of this restaurant uh, that, he's, that he's wanting to have. Um, you know, the, the variety of restaurants within Freemason is both casual and high end. Uh, with Richard's uh, proposal, uh, he's looking at a casual spot. Uh, Going to add another variety uh, in combination with the Cure, which is also another casual spot. Um, the and I understand the parking situation. However, you know Norfolk is up and coming. I mean, we are a pedestrian city. Um, uh, I know that there's a goal to uh, really try to bring more residents downtown and to um, push the pedestrian experience, uh, and that's what I foresee. Uh, happening. I don't believe that we should be basing everything in the city, uh, especially in the downtown area, on just parking spaces. I get it, but, you know, we're bringing a lot more residents in. I mean, we've got the, uh, the Bank of America building, the old Bank of America building being, re being renovated, bringing more residents in. Um, you, you're you're going to have uh, these folks living, working, playing, all in the downtown area. I take myself as an example. Um, so, um, you know, I, I know there's no opposition to this, but I just want it to, to be known that um, I think more variety is great. Uh, I think the, the, the uh, added um, uh, uh, restaurant experience in, in the area is great. Uh, Freemason is, a, is one of the oldest neighborhoods uh, being right on the harbor. So uh, anyway, I, I, I feel uh, that, that you all will, will approve this with no problem. So. Thank you very much. Thanks. Do you have any uh, concern about the operating hours? No. I mean, we're in a city. You know, if I wanted uh, the, if I didn't want the hours to be uh, up until midnight, I think midnight's appropriate. Uh, but if I, if I wanted quiet, I'd move to Chesapeake. I'd, I'd move to Virginia Beach. I'd move to Pungo. I would not want to live downtown. I, I, we, we both are a lifelong residents of Hampton Roads. I came from Hampton. I wanted to be in the city. So I moved to the big city of Norfolk. Um, my, my husband is from Portsmouth. He came into Norfolk, you know, um, and that's where we want to be. I mean, it, so if we had a problem with that, we, we'd move out in the country. So, okay. There. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Robinson, any uh, issue with the hours? Is there Come any? Come forward, please. Since that seems to be a, be a question, if you do you plan to use those hours, is it something that you may want well, to change? Thank you. My name is Richard Robinson. Um, my mailing address is uh, 1237 uh, Christian Court, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, <clears throat> your question was? Uh, my question was just get your feeling on the, on the hours. Um, well, you know, the, the hours, uh, it really mirrors what, you know, what we have going on at the Cure, which, which sits right next door, I, I do believe. Um, I'm the executive chef at, at Walla also, and we we are allowed to open till two, but usually we're out of there at ten. I have no intentions of, of going past ten o'clock unless there is a special event of, of sorts. I mean, we do plan on, on complying within you know what was given to us in terms of the hours that we we need to operate within. Fair enough. Thank you, Mr. Robinson. Thank you so much. Uh, again, no opposition to this item. Any questions or comments, commissioners? No? Uh, 
they don't know. I'm we'll, sorry. We'll take the uh, item as presented. Okay. Um, All right. Mr. Chairman, may I ask um, for your forbearance for a moment? Um, we do not know right off the top of our head what the hours for the cure are. Can you defer this for a few minutes? Let us find that out. I checked this morning because I had an inclination that it would come up. Uh, it's actually 11 p.m. during the week and then uh, midnight on the weekend. And then they do have a further restriction on their entertainment, which is at 10. So that might be the confusion there. Um, but the, re the reason why we felt comfortable settling on this is because uh, originally it was the request was 2 a.m. and then they went to the Freemason Street Area Association, which is their civic league, and then they had a compromise on the midnight seven days a week. So we felt confident that the civic league was in support of the midnight <clears throat> seven days a week. But and there is no entertainment. There's no entertainment at all, and this is only a 15 seat, 15 uh, person um, total capacity uh, establishment. So again, we felt comfortable giving the scale and that there's no entertainment. Uh, and, and, and that the Civic League um, stated their compromise at, at midnight, that it was um, appropriate. Thank you. Any other questions? Right. Comfortable? You ready for the motion? Yeah. The motions recommend that the special exception be approved subject to conditions and hours contained in the staff report. Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton? Yes. Dr. Newman? Aye. All right. Good luck, Mr. Robinson. We'll look forward to it. The next application is number five. This is Longboards East Beach with the following special exceptions at 4521 Pretty Lake Avenue. A is an eating and drinking establishment, and B is a sale of alcoholic beverages for off-premises consumption. Thank you. No opposition uh, to this item. The applicant is here. Uh, Mr. Rawhorn? Hey, Mr. Vincent? Vincent Ranhorn. Ranhorn. Hey, Mr. Ranhorn. Yeah. <laughs> any, any comments or here for questions? Just Sounds good. Uh, the motion before you is to recommend that the special exceptions be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton? Yes. And Dr. Newman? Aye. <clears throat> Good luck. All right. Thank Item you. number six, Food Mart, for a special exception to operate an establishment for the sale of alcoholic beverages for off-premises consumption at 1011 Kempsville Road. Thank you. No opposition to this item. Mr. Kahn, the applicant is here. Do we have any questions? No, thanks. Okay. Thank you. All right, the Ready? motion before you is to recommend that the special exception be approved. Subject conditions contained in the staff report, Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton? Yes. Dr. Newman? I will make that recommendation to council. Thank you, Mr. Kahn. Good luck. All right. Number seven, Lytle for a special exception operating establishment for the sale of alcoholic beverages for off-premises consumption at 6440 North Military Highway. Been no opposition. No, uh, All right. Mr. Royal's back there. And any questions? questions no. Sounds good. All right, Lenny. Uh, the motion before you is to uh, recommend the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton? Yes. And Dr. Newman? Aye. Thanks, Randy. Uh, item number eight, 
Coaster Coffee LLC for a special exception to operate an entertainment establishment at 8418 Tidewater Drive. Thank you again, no opposition. We're rolling now. Um, applicants are here. Ms. Crystal Johnson, Ms. Christina Sizak uh, is? Sizak. Do y'all have anything you need to add? No opposition? Great, thanks for your patience. All right, Lenny. The motion is to recommend the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Algens? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton? I'd like to first say it was nice to see you all at Engage Norfolk. Thanks for being community supporters, and I vote yes. Dr. Newman? Aye. Good luck. We'll make the recommendation to council. Uh, item number nine, Jollity and Company for a special exception. Operating entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages at 2107 through 2115 Granby Street. Again, no opposition to this item. Uh, Ms. Kristen Lindsay. Ms. Lindsay, any comments? No. Sounds good. Any questions, commissioners? Great, we're ready, Len. The uh, motions recommend the special exception be approved subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton. I'd like to say again, uh, Kristen and Michael, thank you for making the investment in Norfolk and uh, look forward to patronizing, and I vote yes. Dr. Newman? Aye. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll move on to uh, new, you have a question? Oh. Okay. Uh, move on to our new business. Uh, at this point, that concludes the public hearing. Uh, new business, beginning with the uh, annual report. Uh, Mr. Chairman, you have all had an opportunity to review the, uh, the, the draft annual report. Um, we've solicited comments. Um, we've addressed the, the, the comment we received um, at this time. We would um, ask that the commission um, go ahead and approve the annual report as presented. Any questions? No. Thank you, staff, for the work on Thanks, Jeremy. All right. The motion before you is to approve the annual report. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton? Yes. And Dr. Newman? Aye. Second item of new business, Mr. Chairman, um, is to initiate a text amendment to Section 11.3, the Floodplain Coastal Hazard Overlay District, um, in order to clarify the requirements for accessory structures. Um, we discussed this at uh, some length downstairs earlier, um, and we, of course, will bring this to you, and, and there will be a public hearing to discuss the, the particular requirements. But we'd ask that you go ahead and initiate the text amendment at this time. We're going to also add a couple of definitions, I believe. Right. Um, motion before you is to initiate the text amendment relating to the flood insurance um, chapter in the city zoning ordinance. Mr. Algins? Aye. M Mr. Murphy? Aye. Ms. Shelton? Yep. Dr. Newman? Aye. <laughs> right. uh, looks like that concludes our full agenda today.